This is the Mindful Musical Life Podcast. I'm Kevin Miske. Before we jump into this week's interview, I wanted to share a bit of exciting news. I have developed a four-week introduction to mindfulness for musicians. Through four 30-minute private meetings with me and structured private practice on your own, you will gain an understanding of the main elements of mindfulness, learn some mindfulness practices, and develop exercises to incorporate mindfulness into your music making. If you are interested in a free 30-minute consultation to discuss this course and see if it's right for you, please reach out to me via Instagram at mindfulmusicallife or via email at mindfulmusicallife at gmail.com. My guest this week is Brad Cole, a licensed professional clinical counselor working out of Denver, Colorado. Brad is also a case manager and member of the clinical team for Backline, a 501c3 nonprofit that connects music industry professionals and their families with mental health and wellness resources. Brad has worked with Backline for over two years now and directly supports the clinical director and the director of case management. Brad works directly with Backline clients coming through Backline's case management service, runs support groups for Backline, and provides consultation for all new case managers. One of Brad's main projects at Backline is the free grief support group, Waves, Mindful Grieving for the Music Industry. Outside of Backline, Brad works as a therapist under supervision in the state of Colorado and has recently achieved his LPCC licensure. He has a passion for the industry, loves live music, and is very passionate about supporting a community that has brought so much peace, joy, and excitement into his life. In this episode, we discuss some of the mental health challenges of the music industry that Brad helps his clients to face, how to keep an eye out for the ever-threatening burnout, and some helpful tips on how to encourage better mental and emotional well-being in the challenging but highly rewarding professions we find in the music industry. You can tell from the way Brad talks that he is very passionate about his work in this crucial area, so I know you will get a lot out of this conversation. Without further ado, here's Brad. Okay, you can hear me okay? Yes, I can. Great, awesome, okay. Um, finally made it. Yes. So um, <laughs> the uh, the list of stuff I sent over to you, does that all seem good to you? Just talk a little bit about Backline. Um, obviously, I'd love to hear specifically like what you do at Backline and kind mm-hmm. of um, some of the Anything specific um, in terms of like notable case studies or, or interesting interactions you've had over the years? Sure. Um, however, whatever your comfort level is yeah. for all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, yeah, I went through these. These these questions were great and <clears throat> got me some talking points. And I'll let you know kind of not only just Backline's mission, but what it is that we do and um, what resources we offer folks. And um Case study wise, I do have to probably keep it limited just for the privacy of, of any yeah, clients totally. that come through. But um, I do have some kind of ideas on, on feedback we've gotten from folks who've gone through the process and what their experience has been like. Um, so I brought a couple of those to share with you. Perfect. <clears throat> Let me That's get to perfect. that part. Cool. 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 Great. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll just do a quick little welcome and we'll dive right in. Sounds great. All right. All right. Hello, Brad. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to discussing your role at Backline and Backline's mission in general. So why don't we start with just a little bit of background into and what Backline is and what kind of services you offer, and we'll go from there. 
Yeah, that sounds great. Well, thanks so much for having me, Kevin. It's been really grateful to, to be able to spread the word about Backline, not just to you, but uh, to everybody that's listening in and all your listeners around the world. Um, you know, I'll just kind of start with basics. Backline, we are a nationwide nonprofit, um, really founded to address the unique mental health needs of music industry professionals. Um, and really, we're here to help music industry professionals of all, and their family members um, really anybody in the in the ecosystem that helps support the industry um, to um, navigate, locate, and access quality mental health care. You know, we we noted we noticed through the years that not only is it difficult for most humans to find a therapist that's a good fit, uh, we've noticed and, and heard from people that have come through Backline that it's even more challenging, and there's an even bigger barrier for music industry professionals. And what we hear from a lot of people is, you know, people just don't get it or they don't understand me. We hear that quite a bit. Um, and, you know, we know the, the industry is, is it's a, a unique microcosm. And um, as a part of that, it comes with unique challenges, a unique lifestyle, and, and just really a, a unique line of work that not many individuals understand what goes into it. Um, you know, and, and following several losses of some close loved ones in the industry, Backline or the founders of Backline really understood that there was quite a gap in access for mental or excuse me, for music industry professionals. And that's kind of where where we came in. We wanted to make sure that we, we work to create a safer, more supportive environment for the music industry and for professionals um, that have chosen this career path, really through increasing access to, to quality mental health and wellness resources. Um, the service that we we offer to to everybody in the industry and you know demographics that we help is really like I said earlier anybody any professional supporting the industry um, from artists to lighting designers sound techs backline techs um, art or excuse me agents managers really everybody and anybody in between and their family members um, and what we really offer is a safe and confidential case management service um, which what that means is if Folks just go to backline.care. Um, they're able to, to offer us some information to, to speak with one of our case management, uh, excuse me, one of our case managers. Um, and really what we do is after we meet with each client, we give a pretty brief um, assessment of what's going on and, and provide a safe place for folks to land for their first outreach for mental health care. Um, and once we've talked to folks, we really tailor their, their resource, the resources we provide them to what they're going through, what they're looking for. Um, and we really kind of act as a referral service for folks and, and really here to, to make sure that folks are, are finding it easier to access resources and find a therapist that's a good fit. That's great. So really what I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you guys really focus on helping to connect musicians with the types of services that are specifically maybe not specifically designed, but certainly are catered towards musicians one way or the other, or anyone within the music microcosm world <laughs> that we yes. deal with, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. And, you know, to make sure of that, especially therapists, you know, that's really, people are usually coming to us to find a therapist to work with. Of course, we also offer, which I can get into in a little bit, uh, free support groups, wellness offers exclusive to backline clients. Um, but really, we make sure that these therapists understand the line of work. So we really mm -hmm. are ensuring that these resources are geared towards industry professionals. And 
to do that, we we vet every one of our therapists that come through our uh, comes through our network, really to make sure that they understand this line of work, that they have some connection to it. We really want to make sure we're not sending any industry professionals, um, specifically musicians and artists, to folks that don't understand the lifestyle at all, or to a person or a resource where they're going to have to be explaining what's going on in their life or lingo or language that the therapist doesn't understand. Um, so we're pretty intentional about making sure these are our resources geared specifically to industry folks and, and the unique stressors and challenges ex uh, ex experienced by this, in, uh, by this community. Yeah, of course. That's yeah. awesome. I, uh, uh, so when you're, when you're looking for, let's say that you've got a new therapist that you guys are vetting, um, what are some of the things that you're looking for that are specifically designed to, to help bridge that gap to a incoming uh, professional in the music world. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we usually ask folks their connection to the industry, uh, what's brought them to backline. So we make sure it's not just a bunch of fangirls or fanboys really out there. Um, you know, but we want to make sure it's, it's folks who are actually, um, quality therapists. Yeah. So we're asking kind of their, their ties to the industry, um, what experience they have in the industry or working with industry professionals, um, as a whole. And so really wanting to make sure that they have some experience or understanding of what the life is like for a music industry professional. And that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> it's so important because we have so many specific challenges that, that are present that a lot of us know, but what are some of the things that you have seen as a professional in this area that are pretty common that a lot of musicians are dealing with or that people in the industry are dealing with? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Backland started right before the pandemic, which I don't know if we had a magic ball or something, but, um, you know, before the pre-pandemic, there was a mental health crisis emerging in the industry um, that we were, you know, folks were understanding, seeing, experiencing in, in um, day to day. Um, so, you know, some of those unique stressors include just, and what we've seen from folks coming in would be performance related pressure. Um, extended separation from loved ones, uh, inconsistent sleep schedules, uh, distressing creative blocks, um, challenges with administrative work when we're thinking, you know, we're wanting to be more in the, the creative side, um, problems with identity and sense of self outside of being a musician or being an industry professional, um, lack of personal space when out on the road or just in general in this industry. Um, to process your emotions, ground yourself, attend to any anxieties or um, depressive symptoms that may kind of linger for you. Um, constant access to alcohol, other substances, you know, relentless, relentless work hours and schedules. Those are some of the things we noticed prior to the pandemic, uh, which are still right. very much, uh, you know, plaguing a lot of the industry. And then following the, the, um, the pandemic as a case manager myself, you know, speaking directly with clients, what we've been hearing is um, a lot of loss of passion and joy for the work, um, which is quite traumatic and distressing for a lot of folks who their identity is tied into being a, a musician or being an artist. Mm. Um, so we've seen a lot of increase in that and a lot of people switching out of the industry just with so many unknowns still of what the path forward is going to look like after this, uh, you know, after the pandemic to create a safe environment for folks. Um, and I think additionally, we've heard a lot recently of, of increased grief in the industry um, due yeah. to loss of work, loss of stability, loss of bandmates, loss of family members, um, 
you know, it's, that's been a major thing we've noticed in the last probably about six months, a great increase in grief. Um, and then also noticing increased anxiety for, for artists in particular, being on stage, being around others, uh, anxiety around the creative process and, and that kind of imposter syndrome that comes up in creation. Mm. Um, and then one really that that's been kind of, top of mind for me right now, but also just what I've seen and heard a lot about um, are folks just being unable to turn down gigs due to financial instability, which is really, really um, setting them up for burnout, um, which is a big one right now is burnout. And, you know, burnout when we are exhausted and we are at our wits end and we are running on empty, we don't have much space to create or, um, you know, do the things that we love that got us into or, you know, stoked that passion in us to be members of the industry. Yeah, man, there's so many important things to talk in there. That's such a, I mean, it's not a, not a surprising list, but it's, it's, it's surprising, I guess, to hear them all back to back like that of like all the issues that we all deal with so regularly in this industry. Um, And that's on top of, you know, already experiencing high levels of anxiety, substance use challenges, depression, you know, these are all just compiling on top. Absolutely. The the idea of burnout, maybe we'll just focus in on that for just yeah. a second, because I feel like at, at any stage, there's any anyone in the industry, probably most humans in general, right, have to deal with burnout in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially for the music industry, I feel like I totally agree that that is a, a, a really common problem and challenge for a lot of us. Um, so what um, do you... Is there any specific things that you could share some like some tips or some suggestions on how to deal with that? So obviously, like reaching out to backline and finding a good therapist or finding some services to help with that. But is there anything in general that either musicians can keep an eye out for specifically, maybe, and then maybe some suggestions for how to handle that, at least to start with? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, I, I'm grateful to come on a, the mind uh, talk about mindfulness or mindful musical life because mindfulness is a big part of it. But um, I think. Uh, you know, first and foremost, establishing a self-care plan for both on and off the road. Um, you know, when you're on tour, it's going to be a bit different, more challenging to find the space to ground yourself, um, settle the mind. Um, so that would be kind of the first one is, is what's your self-care um, routine? And that can include anything from increasing meditation, mindfulness practice of being present, massage, uh, healthy eating when you can, um, exercise. Those are kind of the basics I'd say Mm -hmm. of things to just maintain that physical health. And then I'd say a a part of that health, excuse me, a part of that self-care plan will also include boundary setting. I think with family members, with bandmates, um, with management, um, with agents, you know, folks that make, making sure that your support system and those that you're directly engaging with consistently understand both your emotional and relational boundaries uh, meaning they know when you need space. Um, they know how to support you and care for you when you need some extra support. Um, really, you know, creating a care team uh, while you're on and off the road. Um, and I think, again, what you said first, just knowing what resources are available to you um, through backline or through other means as well. Just really making sure that, you know, you have a therapist who can support you um, as being a musician and an industry professional and those unique stressors. Um, it's important to have somebody on your team um, that can help you support you through these unique stressors and really just to, to make sure you can maintain the passion and avoid that burnout. Um, and I think, you know, I've a couple other things that I, I'm, 
or that are kind of popping in my head is, um, you know, deep breathing is, is, I know it sounds super basic, um, but in these moments where we're highly stressed, yet we still have to push you through to create or make our fans happy or whatever it may be. Um, so the deep breathing, I think check-ins with yourself is really important. Those individual check-ins with yourself, allowing yourself to settle any of these stresses. Yeah, that's where I was headed. You know, the stress of, of being out on the road, being with bandmates, creating, dealing with management. You know, our, our brains don't really get a break, especially, or for most humans, especially for artists, musicians, and industry professionals. You know, mind's always going, always wanting to create, always wanting to make others happy. Um, trying to put your emotion, be vulnerable in it. Um, so mind is always, always working. And, and you know, much like our, um, our bodies, our, main, our brains definitely also need a break and need some rest. Um, so I would say including rest for your mind, um, which I find mindfulness and being present with non-judgment being one of the better ways of doing that can really help soothe that stress as it rises so that we're not moving more and more towards burnout, which is just that complete exhaustion, inability to have any drive. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, what, what I'm hearing a lot of uh, wrapped around a couple of things. One is um, being uh, being really aware of, of what you need and what you're going to need, you yeah. know, and, and acknowledging the fact that, you know, everyone's human and everyone needs certain things. We need rest. We need recuperation time. We need, you know, time to just like let our brains kind of sit right um and then also communication so those two things so the internal communication of just acknowledging what's inside and and being aware of what's going on and then the external communication of with whomever you're working so your management your bandmates right your fellow musicians students teachers whoever right um where you're you're like okay this is what i need to to succeed like mm -hmm. i'm not the kind of person who can I can't, I can't practice or rehearse until, you know, three in the morning. Like I have to go to sleep by midnight or whatever. Like if that's something you know about yourself, then you just have to set that expectation and communicate it over and over and over again in a kind way. But it's important to set that boundary, like you were saying, right? Um, and I think uh, even harder than setting boundaries, you know, in an ensemble or in a, in a band, in a group, whatever, is also setting boundaries with yourself too. Yes, yes. Right? So like saying that, um, you know, if you're just practicing by yourself, which a lot of time as a musician is spent, you know, doing your own work, either administrative work or practicing or writing songs or whatever you're doing, like you, you have to be able to say like, okay, self, <laughs> I know that I need like sleep at these times. Like I don't do well if I get less than seven hours of sleep or whatever your thing is, right? If you need eight hours of sleep, like that's your thing. You have to be able to say, okay, I have to stop working at 10 p.m. because I got to be up and like I have this meeting or whatever else I'm doing, mm -hmm. right? It's really, it's so much about being aware and being honest with yourself and and everyone around you. Yes, is that is Absolutely. that a good kind of wrap up of a lot of those? Yes, a lot of those things. No, right on point, right on point. And I think that that setting boundaries with self is so important. I think especially for musicians and artists, I think. You know, from the outside looking in, everybody thinks, oh, this is the best job ever. It's so easy. They get to perform. They get to create without understanding any of the, um, you know, inner workings and inner challenges that come with being a professional. So I think that can lead to kind of veiling uh, of our challenges or, you know, seeking help or the need for help, rather. Um, and so I think that just accepting the need for emotion, excuse me, internal boundaries around your care needs and, you know, what you need from others, 
um, and knowing yourself and doing those check-ins. Yeah. It's very, very important. Um, yeah. The, uh, oftentimes I feel like it's hard for, for anyone to, to acknowledge when you're kind of heading towards that burnout stage. It's hard to notice it because sometimes you're pushing so hard and maybe you're on the surface. You're like, oh, I'm so excited because I'm I'm spending 14 hours a day working on this project or whatever. And you don't know that it's creeping up mm-hmm. on to that like dangerous burnout level. So like what are some of the things that musicians can or we can all watch out for is mm-hmm. those little kind of alarm bells to maybe just start to start checking in a little bit more to start, you know, acknowledging the fact that maybe you need to take some time off or whatever. Yeah. You know, no, first I'd say noticing differences in your physical body, um, Mm. fatigue, um, any, you know, physical symptoms, because when we're right, going, 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 um, that stress level is still going to be there. Um, that's not going anywhere. So it's going to be digested into our bodies. So that would be my first idea is noticing any increased fatigue, um, any, you know, new aches or pains, um, digestive issues, really, um, our stress can impact all parts of the body. So that would be kind of our first, or excuse me, my first recommendation there. And I think really being aware of if, if it's becoming more of just a job than that passionate creation mm. or passionate, um, you know, movement towards a career in music. Um, I think that that, yeah, that loss of joy and passion, once it starts to become just a nine to nine type of job where we're working 12 hours a day, just on the grind, um, just tap, tapping into that. If that love and joy and passion for the work is still there. Yeah. Great. That's, I mean, it's so important. It's, it's hard. I mean, I remember moments in my life as a musician where I've been going that hard, you know, those 12 hour days or, or longer. Right. And it's, it's easy to, I could just got to push through. I can do it. I just got to push through. Just got to push through. Got to push through. But then at some point, like it pushes back and it's like that little flip. If you can, if you can see that coming, it's going to be so helpful. Um, so I know that, I know that you all help a lot of musicians, um, all the time, a lot of people in the industry. Um, can you share some of the feedback that you've gotten or some of the results or some of the the positive outcomes that you've, you've seen through, through backline? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a, a lot of feedback we've gotten recently is, well, quite positive, but um, really about how folks didn't know that this was here. We hear that a lot. We hear a lot of feedback about didn't know that there were actually therapists out there that specialize in working with music industry professionals. Um, and, and, you know, the best feedback I think we've gotten is that that's been life changing for folks, that having somebody who gets it, um, who's not going to provide any judgment over their lifestyle, their life choices, where they're at with their career. Um, you know, that's, we've gotten lots of feedback that that's been really supportive for folks. Um, and I think that's been the greatest thing is to hear that folks didn't know that there were therapists or, you know, resources in general directed towards music industry professionals because there is that grind culture, right? Go, 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 go. We don't look around to see what resources we have or what support we can tap into. Um, yeah. Yeah. The you, It's interesting you say that, that grind culture and then not it, it, either being aware of resources that are available or just not wanting to acknowledge that I need the help or whatever, you know, in that kind of situation. Um, in your experience, um, cause I'm sure there's a lot of musicians out there that 
hear this kind of a conversation and think, oh man, it'd be awesome if I could talk to a therapist, but I can't afford therapy. There's no way I can afford to, you know, spend, you know, time and money on, on something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, there, I'm sure there's ways to, to help alleviate that concern as well. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's another major barrier, you know, especially for, for folks that are up and coming as artists or just, um, you know, creating music is, is, currently just a side job. Yeah, that, that creates big barriers. And, um, you know, we have therapists who accept not all, but nearly all insurance companies. Um, we have therapists in every state. Uh, when we, we vet our clinicians, we do ask if they are able to offer sliding scale or low cost. So we do have those options for folks, um, especially in our major music hubs, um, New York City, mm -hmm. LA, Denver, Nashville. Um, and, and all across the country as well. Right, right. But, um, and then we also do have, based on, we'll do a bit of in the case management calls. We've, we've assessed that that finances are a barrier for accessing mental health care. We do have actually a an in house grant. Um, it's called the Sweet Relief and Backline uh, Music Mental Health Fund, um, and that is something that we have available for folks if they're real. If that's the major barrier to accessing quality care with a therapist uh, is finances. We do have some resources that can help them. Um, and then we also have some additional partnerships with folks that are with organizations that can, can help financially as well. well that's great. Yeah. Um, and cause I, I know that's, that's a concern for a lot of musicians is it's hard for us to, to swallow spending money on anything, but like gear and maybe mm -hmm. lessons or touring or, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's a, uh, it's good to know that that's an option for sure. Yes. Um, so we talked a little bit about mindfulness and, and you discussed how importance of like um, just being present and, and being aware and that kind of stuff. Um, have you come across um, uh, helpful ways to kind of if, if people wanted to incorporate some mindfulness into, you know, their daily schedules or into, you know, a touring schedule? You said it's kind of hard. It's much harder when you've got a really full schedule, especially on the road. Um but some ways of kind of incorporating some of those self-care things into your schedule in a way that fits with a musician's lifestyle. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my first, uh, that's a great question. And especially with knowing how, um, you know, not many folks have time to, to, right. be, to tap into a 30 minute yoga session or right. an hour meditation, whatever it may be. Um, and I think that, you know, breathing exercises and short meditations can be beneficial. When I say short meditations, meaning five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you've got mm -hmm. um, and, and putting on a guided meditation, you know, you can find on YouTube or, um, you know, there's various um, there's various apps for your phone to do meditations right, right. and such like that. Um, so I'd say just giving yourself your mind a break. 10 minutes is it sounds like it's not enough, but it usually is enough. Giving your, your brain something, just a time to not think, to be able to bring your mind back from thoughts into the present moment, um, kind of giving that space away from the, you know, frantic energy that's out outside or on the, on the tour bus or back in the apartment with the band. Um, I think additionally, breathing exercises. I know I said that earlier, it seems very uh, basic, but when we get in that state of overwhelm and stress, mm -hmm. uh, what is going on is our bodies are, are quite frankly being put into a, a flight or flight response or a stress response. Um, and if we are unable to kind of settle that energy, it stays in our bodies 
Um, and that's what I was saying earlier. It can, it can lead to physical ailments, um, long-term mental health challenges. Um, and so breathing exercises really calms the parts of our brains that are on, you know, on, uh, on guard for any threats or, um, threats to our safety, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and deep breathing can really settle and slow these parts of the brain down, slows heart rate, can really help with those kind of anxious, the physical anxiety symptoms. Those would be my two top ones, um, meditation and the deep breathing. Um, additionally, just getting out of the space, finding safety outside the space. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another thing for folks who are pretty busy and on, on the move and you know, having to regulate their, uh, their anxiety or their emotions while they're working. Um, I think another good way is to ground yourself through your senses, um, to make yourself to signal to the body in, the, in your space that you are safe. Um, be it through, um, listening to a song or playing something that gives you joy or gives you some peace and solace, um, a familiar smell that makes you feel good. So a perfume or a cologne or a candle or some kind of spray, Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sage, Palo Santo, whatever it is that, that kind of brings you that peace and solace or a fuzzy blanket, um, looking out and, and looking at the birds and, and the animals or the sunshine, um, really grounding yourself through those senses, going outside, getting some, some sunshine on your skin. Um, those are really some ways that you can ground your, your kind of this nervous system and the body so that you don't get sent into more stress, panic, and then eventually burn out. Right. The, uh, it, it, oftentimes when I'm, when I'm working with musicians or talking to them about like starting a mindfulness practice or, mm-hmm. or getting that going and when, whatever shape that is, um, there's this perception that it's like, if I can't do it, this, like if I can't do 15 minutes or 20 minutes a day, every day for the rest of my life, I'm not going to be able to have a mindfulness practice. Mm-hmm. But I think it's so important to remember that and those down times when maybe you're not touring and you have a little more free time, if you're if you're really building on a mindfulness practice then, yes. It's building those skills to be able to check in and then you can do that more easily in those moments of stress. You know, yes. part of the reason why I think we do mindfulness practices is so that we have better access to those moments of calm when we need them the most, right? When we're in high stress situations or when you have no time all of a sudden, like five dedicated breaths feels like a 20 minute meditation. If you've been practicing getting into that mind, mental state yes, quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, we hear that a lot of, you know, it's called a practice, you know, for a reason. Yeah. And it's not, it, it's hard to get it right, especially when you're on the road or when you're in more stressful situations. So that is such an important point. When you're down, when you do have that downtime, you're off the road, you do have space to develop these skills that work for you or these techniques that work for you. You know, what works for me to settle is not going to settle. My anxiety and stress may not work for you. So I think it's really important to create your own personalized self-care plan when you have that space, um, which, you know, we don't have much space right now. We're again, grind culture and just kind of the state of the world. We're just got to keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Mm-hmm. Um and it becomes a practice as well to dedicate our time to establishing, you know, what our self-care plan is, what is our uh, mindfulness care plan, all of those things. So um, I think if, if, you know, again, it's a practice, so it's because I'm getting used to. Um, but I think that's such an, yeah, again, such an important point. You know, I, I also noticed for myself, too, the, the more that I 
uh, work on my formal practice, which ebbs and flows, you know, just like everything else. But I notice that there's more times in my day that I can kind of find ways of incorporating mindfulness into whatever I'm doing or just, you know, presentness into whatever I'm doing. So um, like I'm going to walk from, you know, the water fountain back to my office or whatever. And so for that walk, every single time I do it, I'm going to just really be grounded in the sensations of walking or like taking breaths and counting the breaths as I walk down the hallway, right? Rather than getting lost in thoughts of like, oh crap, I forgot to do this or I forgot to send this email or I've got to do this thing next or or checking, you know, mindlessly scrolling through all my social media feeds really fast in like 30 seconds, right? So I think the more that you 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 understand that mindfulness doesn't have to look a certain way. And, you know, that like self-care can be anything that works for you, right? Wherever it's a walk or whether it's, you know, a nice cup of tea mm -hmm. or whether it's, you know, 20 minutes meditation or yoga or whatever it is, right? It's just, it's just important to find out what clicks with you and then to be flexible with yourself and know that sometimes you're going to be able to do your whole self-care routine. And sometimes it's like 1% of it is still better than nothing. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think being able to establish that, like you said a bit earlier, it can really allow you to, number one, be present in your space. And as you're on tour doing what you love, you know, it allows you to have that, that presence. Um, and, you know, what, as you were talking there, I was thinking just about when we were, you know, the idea of social media, what's going on, our minds are just overstimulated all the time, not just with the grind culture, but when we go off. Okay. There's social media, there's television, there's all these things that our minds are just constantly being bombarded with that, you know, if we're able to understand what our plan is from when we get to that level of activation that we have to put down the phone or whatever it is to give us space from all of that stimulation. Um, I think it's, yeah, it better sets us up to regulate ourselves at any time. Um, and also just kind of limits the, the, um, chance that we are going to, you know, grab for unhealthy or, um, you know, uh, risky behaviors to settle us or to make ourselves feel better. We'll know, oh, we have this plan. We can take care of ourselves. We can regulate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, mindfulness is wonderful and like being present and everything is wonderful, but sometimes like it can't take the place of, you know, a really excellent therapist, you know, of course. And so, and that's like, you know, adding on conversations with a wonderful licensed therapist to a mindfulness practice is even better, right? So um, I'm sure there's lots of people out there who are wondering, you know, like, okay, how do I get started? What's the process at, at Backline? Like, what's the first steps? And so you want to share a little bit about that and then where we can yeah. contact you and all the other helpful professionals there at Backline? Yes, absolutely. Um, well, you know, first and foremost with that, I, I think that when finding a therapist, the most important thing is the relationship. Um, I think a lot of people go in to have certain things fixed or people have this specialization or that. Um, but I think in you know, before going into what Backline is able to do, when looking for a new therapist, I think what's most important is that you feel good in the space with them, that you feel safe, you feel comfortable, um, that's usually the first sign. And I, what I would recommend for anybody reaching out to therapists or going through backline to find a therapist is always doing about a 10, 15 minute welcome call or a consultation call with folks really to make sure that you feel like it's a good fit. Um, I think one of the, the things we can get our uh, trap ourselves into is we need the care so bad. We'll just take the first person we find. Um, and that can actually exacerbate problems and, and make it so that we get further and further from finding that therapist or that person that's a good fit for us. 
Um, I'm a therapist myself, and that's what I do with all clients is establish the relationship first in that first 10, 15 minute conversation, see if we're going to be able to work together. Um, so that would be my first recommendation for folks as they begin to reach out to therapists is, um, yeah, focus on that relationship. Um, and then for backline to, to begin to start to access our resources or access, you know, referrals from our, our network of therapists, um, really just need to go to backline.care. Um, that's our main website. From there, you, there's, um, you go to um, get help. From there, you can submit a form that allows you to give us a, a little bit of background information on you, just some brief information. Um, and uh, you can then sign up or excuse me, schedule a call with one of our case managers. Um, outside of just therapists, we also offer, um, you know, financial resources for folks that need them. We also offer free support groups that are run and co-facilitated by um, a backline representative and then also another clinical person, or excuse me, clinical represent representative. Um, and right now, the groups that we have, we've got Waves, Mindful Grieving for the Music Industry, which is a grief group um, geared directly at or using mindfulness practices to help that grieving process. Um, we also have an off the road navigating relationships group um, for, as we know, relationships can be strained as an uh, artist or music industry professional. Um, we also have a tour health and wellness workshop. And, you know, these are all offered to everybody who goes through the case management system or anybody listening now. Um, the tour health and wellness workshops are really just monthly workshops that give artists an opportunity to connect with them, with each other, with mental health professionals. Um, actually, the one that we did recently was directly geared towards uh, burnout and people's mm -hmm. plans, how to prevent it. Um, other than that, we also have some, you know, we have wellness practitioners, um, you know, breathwork uh, practitioners, folks that um, geared specifically to uh, burnout, those types of things. So we have um, some wellness resources exclusive to backline clients that they can access as well. Um, and, you know, we really uh, pride ourselves on it being a really safe and, and comfortable place for people to land. Uh, we know that a lot of industry folks and, and artists are, it's be their first time uh, engaging with therapy. And so we make, we're very intentional about our case management service and that it's a safe place and confidential. Um, and it's a brief assessment. So we're not um, diving in and getting too much information, just the basic information about what's going on, what's brought you to backline, what you're looking for. Um, and then, you know, once we, once a case manager speaks with somebody that's come through a client, a backline client, we then tailor a resource email with, you know, referrals and, and resources that we think are best fit for that person. Uh, and again, we base that off of also we, as we do the assessment, we're asking, you know, history of therapists with therapists, if any, um, mm -hmm. to kind of gear what's worked, what hasn't worked, um, uh, you know, and then any additional resources we think, or excuse me, then we're asking about insurance, ability to pay those types of things. So we do a, a brief but thorough enough assessment for folks. So um, we're ensuring that they're getting all the resources that best fit their needs. That's great. Such an awesome service. Um, I'll make sure to add links to everything uh, to the main uh, backline website and and other services you mentioned here today. Um, and uh, I, again, just really wanted to say thank you and, and appreciate your time so much today, uh, Brad. And um, I I so appreciate that I, I stumbled across this service because I think it's so valuable what you all do and, and that musicians, we all 
I mean, anyone in the industry, as we've been saying, right, I really, really need um, at least to be considering your your own your own healthcare and your own mental and, and you know emotional well being, you yeah. know, in the challenging field that we all have chosen to be in one way or the other. Yes, um, and yeah. it's worth it, but it's a lot of work sometimes. So, agree. I, I speak for I'm sure lots of musicians out there that say this is. I'm we're so happy to see this kind of work happening more frequently now for yeah. musicians and artists and. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kevin, thank you for for having me and, and and having this conversation. I think that's what's most important is that we keep talking about it, um, and and keep making sure that we're destigmatizing the asking for help and needing mental health care. Um, these conversations, I think, as we continue, are so so important. So really grateful for you as well to to not only get the name word out about Backline, but uh, to continue the work that you're doing with folks and listening. I was listening into some of your podcasts and just. Really appreciate the the continued um, expansion of this of, of mental health care, mindfulness, all sorts of um, yeah things that people can put in their self care pocket to make sure that they can maintain this job and this career that they love so much. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, until next time, I look forward to another conversation, maybe sometime, Brad. But um, take care. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely, you too. Thank you. Another big thank you to Brad for taking some time out to join us on the podcast. And thank you all so much for listening. You can keep up to date on all new podcast releases and other exciting news by following me on Instagram at Mindful Musical Life or by visiting the website, mindfulmusicallife.com. If you have a suggestion for a future topic or guest, please reach out. I'd love to hear your ideas. Remember, anyone who might be interested in mindfulness coaching can reach out via Instagram or my website to schedule a free 30-minute consultation. And lastly, if you like the podcast, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you again for listening, and see you next time.